Yeah, they had us the first half, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, could be Wayne! I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh! I love it, baby! Them orange britches! Something about them orange britches! Ball hit high in the air in the right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind, and I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Ready to do and welcome into more important issues. I thought that was part of the act, but apparently Caleb is out. Um, guys, welcome in. We got a great show for you guys. We got a special guest coming on. Uh, Director of Baseball Operations, Chad Zerker, will be on with us. Um, super great guy. I can't wait to have him on, talk some Tennessee baseball. Um, also, he had a really cool weekend this weekend, getting his jersey retired at the University of Memphis. We won't hold that against him. It was before Penny Hardaway. so. It is what it is. Um, he, he traded in for some orange, so we, we got to give him credit. Um, we got some basketball talk a little bit. Guys in the transfer portal. Um, KC heading to the NBA. It hurts a little bit. We're all, you know, Joe was talking about it before the show. Just he was hanging on to that little bit of hope that he was going to come back. And uh, he, he announced on ESPN that he was going to go through the draft process and hire an agent, which that means. He gone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll talk about all that and um, talk about some baseball a little bit. Tennessee's still number one, so you know if you're if you're a fan of a school that's not number one, why are you even talking to me? You're irrelevant. Yeah. College Good baseball boy. is Tennessee and everybody else. Remember that. There he is, dude. I <laughs> thought that was part of the show. I thought you were just coming in like black screen <laughs> and then make a an interesting appearance. I wish. I, dude, I don't know what's going on tonight. It's not just my Wi-Fi. It's my phone. It's everything. So we are – listen, though, we're here to battle through this tough time. Adversity happens. It we're does. Here to, we're here to battle it. Um, I'm guessing it's my computer, which is probably on its last leg, that my phone was connected to. So busted out a new charger. But we're going to get through it. We're good. We're here. Dude, I get to watch a baseball game with you again. I'm so excited. Shirts are coming off. Um just I mean, get naked. I'm thinking I might have to go mustache, you know, for my concho uh, for Saturday. We'll see. We'll see what happens. You, you, I'm gonna bring a razor, and after the first first home run, you can shave my face. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's got to be a it's got to be a Beck got to be a Beck bomb though. It can't nothing else. Yeah, it, it's got it's got to be one over the porch. Like it's got to be a freaking honcho. Ball. I don't. I don't even know yeah. how to explain it. Just something that's just <laughs> way at, like into orbit. A ball that you like. You're like, oh, that ball has still not landed yet. One of those kind. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We're here. We got a great show though. I don't. I, I couldn't hear you all either. Um, I thought it was just lagging. 
but uh, we're, we're, we're talking some basketball, football, and of course, baseball. We've got a big guest coming on tonight. Can't wait. Um, I, I'm sorry for for all the big Tennessee fans that that hate Memphis, but there will be a little Memphis talk tonight. Um, Chad Zerger got the jersey retired, man. Yeah, I was telling him that that he, he traded in for the orange, so we won't hold the the Memphis across his chest against him. Exactly. I mean, you can even see ESPN behind me is jacking up. Can't watch this Arkansas Florida game. Nothing's going my way tonight. It is. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis had to go to Knoxville to get somebody to retire their jersey. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'm, I'm picking up now. I, I, I just popped in. So you, you tell me. I'm following your lead. I just went over everything. We said Kenny Chandler is headed to the NBA. We got some guys in the transfer portal. Um, probably talk about spring practice a little bit as well and, and some baseball talk with, with Chad. And we'll probably talk about Missouri a little bit too just because they're right. terrible. I'm not happy with Weigels. I, I'm sorry. I, I am. I, I'm not happy with the timing of Weigels. They got my hopes up a little bit. You know, we've been talking about maybe a big NIL deal could keep Kennedy around. Weigels feels like someone who could deliver that. I'm excited for Evan Russell. Uh, the video is great. The, the throwing the sticker on was fantastic. But a little upset that my hopes were not up necessarily, but it kind of floated in the back of my mind with NIL being in existence. And then that tweet got dropped, and I was like, what if? Yeah. <laughs> I guess the numbers weren't – like, he wasn't hearing the numbers that was going to equal yeah. what his NBA contract was going to be. Which is fine. I get it. I'm happy for yeah. him. Yeah, I get it. I mean, we've but all a, been there. But I'm a selfish human being. I wanted to <laughs> cheer for him at Tennessee for one more year. Right. Yeah, I definitely would rather go to class and get paid some than get paid a lot of money and not have to go to class, right? Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, does education not mean anything to anybody anymore? Well, and that's going to be my stupidity. I can't wait. Um, no, apparently it doesn't. <laughs> okay. apparently, apparently it doesn't. Easy, Will Wade. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't speak about <laughs> the dead. <laughs> Tennessee's hosting a, an LSU transfer this weekend. Is that this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's big. They don't have a single scholarship player left on their roster. That's hilarious. That was going to be my most important. For, for Sunday? For Sunday, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, or it could all right. be oh, a failure, stupidity. It could be, it could be all anything. the above. Yeah. You, could, you can look at that from a lot of different angles and laugh, giggle, be excited. Yeah. Um, no, the Kennedy thing makes sense. It's just we all knew it was coming. But, you know, it hurts a little bit. Yeah, it's just like – when you look at his kind of postseason play, I mean, this roster's still very, very solid. Go ahead. I think he's cutting out again. <laughs> it's all good. We're here for it. Um, but yeah, like you look at his postseason play. I mean, he just—he was the best player on the court for the entire SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament. You know, as far as Tennessee went, he was the best player on the court. And, you know, it's just hard. Like, I think he's – no offense to Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. Keon Johnson's tearing it up right now for the Blazers. Um, but I just think he's far beyond NBA-ready than both of those two. I agree. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just filling in. I'll just be Caleb. I'll put, like, my little – I can get a little overlay of him up here and I'll just talk as him. But um, – <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously we're a little biased, but 
we'd love him to say, but if you look at how he played, you're right, especially postseason, there's no doubt that he's likely a top 20 pick in the draft. Like, <clears throat> I mean, and obviously with NIL, it's all a little different now, but it doesn't really surprise me. We, we saw it coming, but it's a shame, but I'm sure you're right. He'll probably go on to do hopefully fairly well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where he gets drafted at. I think I've seen a lot of mock drafts around 20 range, you know, 15, 20. I've even seen one down to 26. So when you're thinking about that, I'm like, you know, maybe he could say. But I think this draft class is pretty strong. Um, and I know his size kind of hampers him a little bit. But the dude's a baller. I mean – he he's NBA ready in my opinion. I mean, just yeah. looking at how some of them play defense um, in the NBA currently. I mean, he's he's at least scoring ten points a game. So if nothing yeah. else, he's a he's a pretty <clears throat> great role player in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it might be a hot take, but I I just don't think he has like as much to prove as like that would hold him back. Like I feel like he obviously another season. I'm sure he would pop off even more and, you know, show it even more. But I don't think in terms of what he might miss out on, I think when you look at, you know, whether it's worth it or not or the value of that, I think it's probably the right decision. Yeah. Making money. I can't blame him. Nope. Um, Definitely would love to see him back. And, you know, it's really cool to see, you know, a guy from Tennessee, from the Memphis area, that highly rated come to Tennessee. Um not many do that. I know um, Jarnell Stokes is one that, that they got out of Memphis. I'm sure there's been others, but the, that's the one that comes to mind. Um, so it is really cool to to see that. And, you know, it, it seemed like he cherished his time here, but the end goal is the NBA. Yeah. So, hate it. But uh, we got a really good player coming in, B.J. Edwards. You know, I don't know if he if he really takes over that same production that Kenny Chandler did. I, I think Zakai Ziegler will probably be your starting point guard next season, but I think B.J. Edwards and, you know, getting to watch him play some, I think he's going to be a really good player at Tennessee. And he's not going to be a one-and-done. He's a guy that's probably going to, you know, be here three or four years and, you know, have a solid career at Tennessee. So, excited about that. Let, let's get to the transfer portal a little bit. Um. I don't know if he, if Caleb's coming back in here, but I, I think you will have to let him in if he does. Yeah. Hajay um, Tomba. Kid from Catholic, reclassified, which I thought was weird anyway. You know, I don't know his age. Um, but, like, he, he wasn't like a Brandon Hunley Hatfield where he's like, oh, you know, he's a top 20 pick in the NBA and, and yeah. you know, he reclassifies, gets a year of college under his belt and then is ready for, I guess his true, true freshman season. But Tomba was one that like reclassified and I don't really understand why. Um, you know, I think he could have maybe you, I mean, he was, a, he was a project. Yeah. I don't, I just, I mean, I, I didn't see the, I think there's more to be told to the story. I don't think he was expecting to, you know, maybe he didn't think he was going to fit into the, the scheme or whatever, whatever set for next season. But I don't know. It, it seemed a little strange. Yeah. And maybe he saw the writing on the wall with 
Hatfield and Adu and, you know, maybe guys they got in the pipeline maybe coming in. But it, it just uh, – it didn't seem like anything – like he was one always dancing in the middle. So it, it just – it was kind of weird how it all kind of – like he, there's no way he expected to play or, or have much of an impact this season. Right. I think so that's I, why I, I don't I really I don't really get the transfer. I really don't. Yeah, that's that's my biggest reason for thinking it's something that we're not too too clear of because or a conversation, you know, whether you had with with Barnes or just the teammates in general. But you're right. I mean he was obviously like the energy. Everyone just loved to have fun with him and stuff and there really was no at any point really any idea for that to be a him to be a key role on this roster as of right now. But I mean I Stick it out. I, I don't know. I'm sure he'll go somewhere good, and he'll be he'll be a great fit. He's a great player, but just young. Yeah, young, and you know, needs some work, kind of raw. Um, but do, does have a lot of athleticism at seven foot. Is you know super lengthy, and you know has that bounce. Is a true shot blocker. But yeah, just kind of weird, weird timing to me. I just didn't. I mean, if you're going somewhere to play, I, I feel like you could have carved out. Like I don't know if you're ready to play anywhere. Especially yeah. D one. I mean, if that's where your intentions are, I, I feel like you reclassify to kind of get ready, and then next year, like you come in competing, like you already have a step ahead of the freshman because you've went through that whole off season and, and regular season. So, yeah, just weird timing to me. Right. Um. Then uh, Rick Barnes said uh, he probably expects Quentin DeBungie to. Uh, hit the portal as well and mention that ECU uh, could be an option with Mike Schwartz um, taking the head job there. And I mean, he, he got to play this year. He averaged 1.7 points per game. Um, did only play in, in seven games and all, all seven of those games were blowouts. But um, again, I, I don't looking at this team and looking how good they were in March. I just don't, Unless it's strictly just like, hey, they had a meeting with a coach and they're like, you know, I don't know how much you're actually going to play here. Um, we're going to recruit over you. And, you know, that's just that's just part of it. When you have a program like this that are that is getting one and dones, <clears throat> getting five stars, at least being in with five stars each and every season, it's just hard to, you know, really – carve out a role unless you're just a certified dude like Zakai Ziegler. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it looks like he might be headed to ECU, or at least that's that's one of the options for him. He, he's got to make that decision. Hasn't entered yet, but um, we'll probably see in the coming days. But, again, just weird timing to me. Yeah. Like just – yeah, like you said, stick it out. Give it a chance. I mean, if you don't play in two years – yeah, then maybe you go somewhere else. But I just don't get the whole, like, I should be playing as a true freshman. Yeah, and I think you're right. I wonder, it makes you wonder, like, if, you know, they had some sit-down talks and talked about their their ideal and just maybe didn't meet as to where they thought that they might fit in come next year or the year after and wasn't on the same page with the coaching staff as to how that was going to go. And maybe that's all it is, but I, I agree that it's certainly on the, the stranger side in terms of timing. Yep. Caleb just texted me and said he's driving to Starbucks. So 
guess he's gonna use their Wi-Fi. That's all. Awesome. That's dedication. Starbucks Wi-Fi. That is dedication. Yeah. Yeah, but the last time I was in a Starbucks, their Wi-Fi was out. So that would be. <laughs> that would... At that point, you just you just yeah. give up. You, you say it's not meant to be. Yeah. He was not meant to be on here tonight. That's all right. <clears throat> yep. Um. Big weekend coming up. You got uh the baseball teams playing Missouri. You got the spring game, kinda orange and white game, kinda. It's it's gonna be. Um, they're gonna have a big thing, and is it Vol Village? Is that where they're having it? Uh, I have no idea, actually. Sorry, Caleb. I believe is trying to get in here. Okay. He does appear to be at his local Starbucks. <laughs> oh, I'm scared to try this. Oh my gosh, boys. I don't know what's going on. I had to take this show on the road though. Let me know if the wind too much. I'll I'll maybe try to hop in the car. Are you outside, outside. of uh, dude the place is packed? I can't go in there and just run a show. Oh my goodness. Listen, listen, sometimes you gotta go on the road and, and do your thing too. You can't you can't always be in the comfort of your own own home, own arena, own stadium, however you want to look at it. So I get it, man. We're making we're, we're making things happen, all right. Who is your internet provider? Spectrum. I'm going to put them on – and T-Mobile. I'm putting them on the chopping block. Done. Yeah. Done yeah. chain. There, there you go. Yeah. Spectrum is on the hot seat. They're past the hot seat. I already told my girlfriend, done with Spectrum. We're done. Out. You got um, you got fiber? Um, Not yet where we live. Okay. Working on that. Shout out Briar Ridge. Oh, God. Briar Ridge is terrible. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we, we're kind of get we're talking about the the transfer portal and how it's just kind of weird timing with the two Quentin Abunji and Hajay Tomba. Do you kind of have anything to add to either one of those? No, I mean, I mean, I guess like kind of not expected. It's the right word, but those guys are probably going to be successful at, at mid major schools. Probably the place yeah. for them. Looking at the roster. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're making room for for others. Um, who knows? Uh, yeah, it looks like Tennessee is going to be um, in the transfer portal pretty heavily. You know, they got um, LSU transfer Brandon Murray will we'll visit this weekend. He averaged ten points, three rebounds, one point nine assists per game um, against. Or I think he, I think he averaged. He had fifteen against Tennessee and thirteen against Tennessee in the two games. So. Um, Really good player in his freshman season at, at LSU, and you know somebody that they seem to to really be high on to make an impact on this roster. Yeah, I'm, I mean, a benefit from the transfer portal too. It's it's there for your use. Um, there's also some holes you can still fill. Not that you're ever, probably ever going to fill Kennedy's from last year, but there's still some other places that you can fill and be successful. Yeah, come on in. The Will Wade. I, I don't want to call him rejects, but uh Oh no, certainly yeah. not. Maybe Will Wade's <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if that's a better word, but yeah. <laughs> I'll take them all. Um yeah. we'll be the uh the Warbuckses. We'll we'll just bring them all in. I like it. I like it. Um 
spring practice a little. I was I was getting into this weekend and how big of a weekend it's going to be. You got softball, you got Tennessee baseball, you got the the orange and white game, the kind of big fan celebration there. Um, I don't know what else is on campus. Um, Joe's fraternity's having beer Olympics. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, so. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> um, yeah, sign me up. Y'all can actually just bring that party on down to the tailgate. We'll 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 figure it out there. Um, that's another thing, Landon. You forgot to mention the tailgate Saturday. I, I don't know if it'll be a big. It probably won't be a big one, but you don't have to have a big tailgate to tailgate big, if you know what I'm saying. So that's a good point. I like that. So so come come hang out with um, those shirts. Yeah yeah <laughs> yes. Actually, I want a sticker on my tailgate that says okay that. yeah uh, yeah gone gating. But no, come hang out. We will have some beer and. I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, we might have to order a pizza or something. So maybe some food there for you guys too. But Shay, shout out to the spotlight guy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is just hilarious, but I feel like it's worth it. Um, but no, it's a it's a big weekend. I think it's cool to see kind of the strides the athletic department is to bring the fan base together. Um, I know I you know it would have been cool to see the spring game go on the road and stuff, but to to do it, you know, the weekend already existed this all was going to be happening anyway. So to kind of make it one big thing to invite everybody in for baseball, softball, soccer will be on campus Saturday too for the spring game. I can't remember who they're playing off the top of my head. I've got my soccer gear on under my master's jacket. No big deal. Um, also not warm enough for, for this weather, but just a, a big weekend that I think that, but I think Danny White's doing a good job of kind of bringing the all of all spirit in a way, I guess. Um, so I think I think it's gonna be a great weekend. It's gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of orange and white. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how tall do you think Danny Watt is? Just off the top of your head, I know the I, answer. I, I don't even know what to compare him to. Um, I mean, he's pretty tall. I'd say like he looks kind of like a basketball guy. I'd say like six two, six three. Okay, yeah, that's yeah six. He's six three. I saw him at the game the other night, and I was like, man, he's a lot taller than. Did I you ask him? No, I just saw him. <laughs> and then I looked up his, his basketball profile. Where did he play basketball at? I didn't know he did. So he played at Towson, and then he went to – he transferred to Notre Dame. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ah, don't like that. He's doing the right things, though, as an AD. <laughs> Fair. Fair point. Fair point. The, the, they're like – they're spirit of giving. That's what Danny Watt's all about. So if he learned yeah. that at Notre Dame, we appreciate it. <laughs> Love to see it. Uh, I don't have any notes, and I can't see anything on my phone, so you're just going to have to – I'll follow you. Okay. You leave leave uh, me. I'll take you. It's a big recruiting weekend as well. You got uh, Nico Iaomaliava, and his seven-on-seven team will be playing in Farragut – or at Farragut um, this weekend. And I I don't know what – something with pile on. Um, But, yeah, he'll be there. I think he's already in here. I think they played tonight or tomorrow night, and they play Saturday. Um, he'll be in town to, to meet with some recruits. You got five-star wide receiver Carnell Tate will be here. Um, four-star wide receiver Kyler Casper. Four-star wide receiver Devin Hyatt. Um, I think you have right now you have up to eight four-stars and, you know, a couple five-stars in there as well will be on campus. Um, Nate Spillman, a big 2024 um, Four-star linebacker will be the number one. I think he's the number one player in Tennessee for that 2024 class. He's the brother of Edwin Spillman, who is currently committed to – or I'm sorry, Nate Spillman, not Edwin Spillman. Nate Spillman. Um, 
he, he's a current commit for Tennessee right now at a Lipscomb Academy. So, uh, yeah, getting some some really good guys in here. You got some uh, some in-state recruits, you know, mixed in with some some commits. Jack Lutcher will be back in town. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend for that as well. And, you know, I'm sure Nico is, is going to, you know, be peer recruiting as well as, you know, competing seven-on-seven. Seven. Ball fans have a chance to really go see him in person and kind of, you know, see him throw a little bit with those pajama pants. And I'm sure the the big sunglasses that he wears, um, he's a Cali kid. So, you know, he's got all the swag in the world. So, um, yeah, we're just really – Sorry. No, you're good. I'm in here. <laughs> you're in here. I just had to – You're in Starbucks. <laughs> no, I still haven't braved the make it in Starbucks. Um, we do have a – we are going to bring on a guest. Yes, you ready? We can, we can come back to recruiting. And let me see if yeah. I can get my camera back up. Um, we do have a special guest on here. Um, excited to welcome him on. We got the director of baseball operations at Tennessee and Memphis Hall of Famer. Chad, how are you doing tonight, man? Thank you for coming on. Doing good. Doing good. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Good, good. Yeah, you know, that was that was good to tag on for a little recruiting there. Absolutely. Big, big part of what everybody does. So y- y'all got a big recruiting weekend too, right? Uh, a little bit. We got a few, but I mean, most fires happens in the fall. Gotcha. Uh, most of the kids are playing now. Um, you know, but it's kind of, it's strange. It's the first time in my seven years that we've been asked, uh, that are told that basketball and football are bringing recruits to our game instead of the other way around. Absolutely. So, oh, heck yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's fun. Danny White was in there getting hot dogs in the MVP room the other night. So Was he? Uh, yeah, I think he was scoping out where that uh, fifty-eight million dollars is going to go. Yeah, see where he needs to add to. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got him a little spot up there under the press box. Gotcha. Did he pay his donation to get in that MVP room? I don't know. I might have to check on that. <laughs> he used the code to get in the side door. Now they can't. He came to practice today, so it's it's cool. I mean, people want to be involved with it, which is something different. Uh, I mean, you've seen it build over the five years Tony's been here, and to see it kind of culminate and then realize this is going to be what it is going forward you know there's not going to be a drop off i do kind of want to ask you about that you know you you were here with the previous staff and you know we might ask you when you're on the last time but i, I want to ask again for people that didn't get to hear that you know, i don't what? think i got to be on video last time i feel like it was more <laughs> just a phone call oh man we've we've got up we've the world. <laughs> yeah um what's been kind of the biggest difference from when tony vitello took over you know nothing against the Serrano um, staff or anything like that, but, like, what has been that difference to lead up to, to this team being so dominant? I think a lot of it's just the culture. I mean, they came in with a – you know, I, I love Dave Serrano, and he gave me a chance to to get this job started, and I think he's a great baseball coach, you know, showing this year he's having a good year at uh, CSUN. But I think, you know, sometimes it's fit and timing and – and how things operate. And I mean, he's obviously a great baseball coach. He's been to Omaha a few different times and been on different good staff. So it's, it's, it's just a timing thing. I mean, you've seen other coaches not work out at play, you know, it's, I thought you see it more in basketball where you're like, Oh, this guy's going to crush it when he, you know, leaves oh, yeah. VCU and gets a big job. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's like shock is smart. When he went to Texas, everybody's like, oh, that's a no brainer. He's going to kill it there. Yeah, you know, five years later he's gone, or four years, whatever it was. But big culture. I mean, Tony and them came in and flipped the roster a little bit. I mean, a lot of the guys that succeeded for us, you know, this year and the 
past years were guys that, you know, Dave recruited. Um, but it's, you know, development of players, you know, some – the game's changed a little bit. You know, so you get some men here a little younger. I mean, even last year we didn't have hardly anybody throwing over 90. Now we got three starters all close to 95 or, or harder. So, you know, it's, it's talent. It's, it's recruiting. It's, it's getting – you know, you have a roster limit of 35. That's changed. You know, COVID's helped out some and grown that. But you, you got to have more than that even in the 35 years and then cut it back. Uh, and I think Tony's done that. And then obviously he hired Frank Anderson and Josh Elander. And seen what Frank's done for the pitching staff. For one, he's all right. Yeah, he's done okay. <laughs> but he does it for the whole team. He talks defense. He's kind of in charge of our defense too. And he talks to hitters. You can see his experience. Um, you know, Frank wasn't a pitcher when he played. Is what the, is kind of the crazy thing. So, so he knows both sides of it. You know, last year beat Arkansas the best story was when everybody wanted Ferguson to bunt to move the runners over to tie the game and Frank told him to hit it over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. It's kind of that Frank Anderson magic dust that you get every now and then. But yeah, I'd say the main thing is the culture. Like I think everybody that's been here, previous staffs and everything's good baseball people, but sometimes it's a timing and a fit and um, you know, we've been able to capitalize on some of that. Yeah, I've, so that the culture is the big storyline uh, all across college baseball right now because some people love you all, some people hate you all. Tennessee fans are, are right behind you, though. Is uh, yeah. is that what's the approach to culture? Is kind of what I'm curious about. Is this something that y'all ever have to kind of fire them up? You all ever have to kind of dial them back, or is it just because it seems to just be these guys' personalities? Is that truly what it is? Everything looks so comfortable. Is it just who these guys are? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, these last few have been that first, you know, the first two years of Tony, you kind of had to kick them sometimes and get them going, especially that first year when it's kind of in that change. Uh, but just the mindset of we're just as good as anybody else, you know, and if we're not as good as you, we're going to, we're still going to make you work for it at the end of the day, you know, and it's just like, and then when we play teams that, you know, maybe aren't in this league, it's like, hey, they, they want to beat us. So it's a competition every time you step out there uh, and just getting the guys to compete everything they do and kind of carry that over. Um, and they, and they do, you know, I think we had a little bit of a letdown Tuesday night, but I'd say after Mississippi and Vanderbilt, you kind of expect it, but you're still able to win when that happens. And that's a good thing. But now it's, you got some players that have that same mindset as the coach and in Drew Gilbert uh, for the most part. But those guys kind of lead that charge, and everybody follows. You don't want to get left out, you know. And then, and then it's a lot of it's competition. I mean, you've seen us roll out 14, 15 different hitters. I mean, Christian right. Moore's second on the team in home runs, and he has about half the at bats. Right. You got to you know fit him in there. And heck, if Jared Dickey doesn't go down, is he in there? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a it's a good problem to have. But absolutely. Um, you know, it's just all, all, all about competition. Everything they do is a c- competition, and Tony's done a great job with that. It's, I mean, it's been unbelievable to see. And like you said, you know, some people don't like us. Uh, some people love us. I'm not a big trash talk guy. I wasn't when I played, but <laughs> if you can do it and back it up, and I mean, they don't say anything. It's, it's not – people say it's trash talk. I don't think it's trash talk. They don't say anything. They just, hey, you get a double, you celebrate, you know, you hit a home run. I mean, the – the game's changed, you know, and the, right. the Red Sox are pushing people down the dugout in a, in a laundry cart. The Braves have blow up swords last year. Nobody said anything about that. 
Right. It's just, it's it's just part, of, it's part of the game, where it's going. I mean, you can say the hat and the coat, but there's been chains. And, you know, I mean, it started in football. No reason baseball has to take a back seat to everything. So, I mean, I don't, a lot of us people don't like us, I think, because they haven't had to worry about us. Nobody likes to see, you know, kind of the, for 15 years, the, the new new dog in town coming, the new show. I mean, I'm sure, you know, as Tennessee fans, you watch these other teams. And when Tennessee was dominant in the 90s, and then somebody would, you know, a lot of fire on them because they're catching them, you, you didn't really like them. You know, I mean, Vanderbilt, obviously, it's been a rivalry for 100 years. It didn't just start this weekend. Right, but it's just the fact of now they feel like, hey, is this a is this a threat in our own state as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just part of it. When you like people said, I think you all even tweeted out, "What's Tennessee gonna be like being hunted instead of being the hunter?" And yeah. obviously, it's rat- it's rattled some cages. But I kind of <laughs> let these guys, you know, I'm not a huge like I said, I'm not a huge fan of showboating and all that. But if that's who you are and you're true to it and you can handle it when it doesn't go well. You just be yourself. That's, that's yeah. all you can do. Well, that's so, another thing, too, is – well, I, I was arguing with some – I was – that's sports. Like, you, you got to – you take it when you when you got it, and then you take it when you don't, too. So, if, if you hate it, then just start – you know, if you want to keep the daddy cap off, don't throw balls that can get hit out of the park. I mean, it's that simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you're going to get some things like that. I mean, you know, if, if when, we, when we lose a series here and somebody wants to say something on Twitter, we got to wear it. I mean, that's, that's yeah. part of winning and losing. And this is baseball. It's not football. It's a 56-game season. There's going to be a lull at some point, and it's it's how quick can you bounce back. You know, and I think right. a lot of that showed last year. We lost two games in a row twice. One was a doubleheader on Saturday at Indiana State, and the other one was in Omaha. So, I mean, I think our guys showed pretty good that it's a new day every day. And that's I think they've done that this year, too, with winning. You win Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday's a letdown. You've already wrapped up the series. But they've came out the same way every time. Yeah, and I do want to ask you, you mentioned that, um, you know, teams kind of have to earn it um, against Tennessee. And, you know, you've seen that firsthand with the pitching staff. Is like 68% of their pitches this past weekend were strikes. Um, so they're making everybody earn it. What kind of have you seen out of this starting pitching rotation with – you know, all three of those guys being underclassmen and, you know, kind of how they handle themselves. Yeah, I think, I mean, they've taken really good to Frank saying, throw strikes or you're not going to pitch here. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's Frank's thing. Throw it over the plate, you know, make them beat you. Um, amazing. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell in the fall and spring practice because your own hitters are facing them. And as you've seen, we've got some really good hitters. So they're, they're getting beat up a little bit, but they're also doing really good. So you're kind of like, well, they're obviously talented. They have good stuff. There's no doubt. And then Drew Beam didn't know what he had. I mean, he hadn't really pitched in two years. Had COVID year and then Tommy John. So he was kind of, you know, slow even in the buildup. And then when Blade was down, they're like, oh, we'll probably, let's go with Beam. And guys, he's been he's been better statistically than any of them. Right. You know, and he, he may not have the arm, but he's a He's a high school quarterback. He's a competitor. Still has a good arm. I mean, just because it's not 97. It'll it'll get there at some point. I mean, he's still not that far removed from his Tommy John. Um, but nothing short of amazing. I mean, three starters on the Golden Spikes midseason watch list. I don't know if 
I don't know how you'd find the stat, but I'm, I'm sure that's never <laughs> happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just throw it over the plate, make them beat you. And I think they've made our hitters better because our hitters go up there relaxed because they're like, Hey, if we just score a couple, if we just put a couple here and there and expand this lead, we're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, there's in Nashville, it's, Hey, we need to get blade some innings. Well, where at? I don't know. I mean, he just went eight, <laughs> he's going nine. I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have because now they're all competing with one another, you know, in a, in a good way. And I think Drew's comments have been spot on where he said, you know, if Blade takes my spot, I'll just go down there to the pen and do the same thing. You don't, you don't get that all the time. So that's, that tells you where our team's at. Yeah, I do kind of want to tell you a little story. I got to talk with uh, Jason Beam, um, Drew's dad, and I'm Caleb, you've already heard the story, but uh, we, we got to talking about um, Drew and, and things like that. And I kind of asked him about how he likes Frank Anderson. He was like, oh, he loves Frank. But he was like, he's like during fall ball, like Frank just kind of watches him and, um, and from mm-hmm. afar and just kind of, I guess, take mental notes and then, you know, goes back later and coaches them. So he's like, you know, Frank didn't really talk to Drew very much. And uh, Drew called his dad one day and he's like, I got three words out of Frank today. And he's like, oh, what were they? He's like, your curveball sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Frank for you, man. He the truth. One, he tells you the truth. But two, yeah, he, he observed a lot in the fall. And then that he knew he was going to get to work with Drew after the fall, even though practice was over because of his injury exemption. When Drew was rehabbing, he could throw for Coach Anderson. But once you come back from Christmas or right before that when we're doing individuals, that's when Frank might start tweaking stuff. He's not going to do it. I mean, he's seen Drew being pitched before, but things change. You also want to see where they're at. Just let them pitch. And then let's hey, let's correct it. You know, I mean, Will Mabry's another guy who's been really good for us, especially against lefties. You know, he, he's, he's had good stuff, but towards the end of the fall, after observing, like you're talking about, Frank's like, he needs a cutter or slider. He gets that cutter or slider, and now he's unbelievable against lefties. So, I mean, that's that's just Frank. I mean, he's not going to sit there and try to – you know, it becomes overcoaching if every outing you're sitting yeah. there trying to tell something while they're doing it. You know, Frank will talk to him. He won't talk to him during a fall outing. But after they throw three innings, hey, come here, and he'll tell him what he saw. But that's just him, and uh, he's a man of few but many words, depending on the time or the situation. It's hard to say. So your curveball uh, sucks. Unbelievable at his craft. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Every shot of him in the dugout, it's almost like he's buried as far back as he can sit. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> not a not a good. We won't be getting him on the more important issues. I don't. <laughs> I mean, he took that COVID thing and ran with it. Just wore two masks, put his hoodie over, and I yeah. just see his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know last year during COVID. I didn't know he was growing a goatee until we had we had a Zoom one time and he didn't have a mask on. And that was <laughs> that was in January, and he had it all all fall. That's awesome. So is uh, everybody growing out the mustaches? Is that, uh, is that a Mike Honcho thing? I don't know. It seems to kind of be. I I started growing mine back in January, and my wife liked it, so I've just kept it around. <laughs> and then now I can't get rid of it for reasons that we don't need to talk about but <laughs> when you win you win so yeah. i kind of like to get rid of it but that ain't happening at the, at the moment <clears throat> but yeah then some people kind of did it for march and i don't know some there's some bad ones there's some good ones i mean kirby's you can't shave them now great. though no no there's no chance it's getting getting shaved right now 
you know, Beck says he's going to try, but he has no shot. It's, he just, <laughs> it's like me trying to grow a beard. I can't grow a beard. I can grow a really good mustache. You got to really, know who you yeah. are. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, did y'all see, uh, y'all see Ross the other night? Oh yeah, I, I was gonna ask you about that. I was gonna ask you what you thought about that. Uh, that crazy gotta, third base coach. Now that he's he's tweeting things here <laughs> about basketball. But yeah, now who, he, who let him back on Twitter? I know. Now he, I, I was, I was right there with him when I saw that video from the other night. Cause I did one. I didn't think it was a bad pimp job, especially for a game leading homer in the eighth inning. And yeah, the guy two, got karma too. He kind of broke his arm. Yeah, he just <laughs> yeah, had his shoulder base. round in first base there. But yeah. then the guy threw, and just don't throw it ahead ever. I mean, yeah. don't hit a guy. But hey, if you give up a solo, uh, two run jack for the lead, you don't get to hit anybody. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I don't care what level it's at. He could have done anything. You hit a home run in the eighth inning for the lead. I don't care what you do. That's always been my thought. Like you said, like y'all were talking about earlier. If you don't like the daddy hat, do something about it. Yeah. And that's exactly. just get them out, not throw at them. But I, yeah, if you don't want people to celebrate, don't let them hit it over the fence. I mean, the only way to stop it is to, I mean, you're going to, in the NFL, they're going to dance if they get to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Your yep. goal is to keep them out of the end zone. Right. Yeah, especially like in Tennessee, like why would you ever want to, with the bats we have, why would you ever want to put a guy on base? Yeah. yeah. No, that's another. I, when I played, I didn't, I got hit all the time, not because of somebody hitting a home run or anything, but I didn't mind getting hit. I got to go to first base. Yeah. On base percentage is climbing, and we got a chance to score a run. There you go. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, think, I don't know where we rank at, but I, I think we're pretty disciplined at the plate, and we walk quite a bit. And that's where the that's where the high scores come from. You're not usually going to hit your way to 10, 12 runs. But, you know, you walk seven or eight people, then you hit a couple out of the yard. Now you're at 10 or 12 runs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's to me, that's just another gallon. But, I mean – that same Houston State and the Houston thing, you hit that guy, the next guy hits a home run. Now you're down four runs going to the ninth inning. Right. You want to be down two or four? Yeah. Yeah, not very smart. On no. Part, no. Uh, it's, it's, but it was good to see Ross is still fired up. Yeah. <laughs> Did he kind of give you a little deja vu? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I saw the, the umpire holding him back, I was like, I don't know, man. Don't touch him. He might swing. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to avoid him. <laughs> did you did you say anything to him in uh in Omaha when it happened? No, or did you I just say I was just standing in front of him. I wasn't touching him because I didn't know if he was blacked out, didn't want to get hit. <laughs> but I, I mean he was out there for a good while before I went out there. I just went out there because I was like, hey, nobody else is going. What if he actually goes after the guy? Yeah. <laughs> back in here. We right. still we're still tied right now. <laughs> That's uh, that's good game management from you right there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> For the cameras were. Yeah. You know, you got a little TV time. You got that uh, that Dabo Sweeney get back coach. Exactly. Somebody <laughs> For Venables, not not Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. Somebody's got to somebody's got to grab the belt loop, and he was yeah. too far. <laughs> I uh, I obviously y'all are obviously talking about the the Houston situation. I brought this up to Landon the other night. In no even in baseball, you're talking about how it's changing. In no other sport. Does anyone try to hit the guy that celebrated on him? Yeah, doesn't happen in football on in interception. Doesn't happen in basketball on a steal and dunk. I don't get the logic behind it. I don't understand it. Yeah, you know the whole unwritten rules, and I, I understand. Like growing up, you're kind of like, okay, okay, but to me, I mean, you like you said in any in any sport, whether 
showboating or whatever, you never try to injure somebody for yeah. one. And I mean, when you're throwing a baseball 90 miles an hour, you could hurt them, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't benefit your team because now you put somebody on base like we talked about. If a bench clearing brawl happens, now you've put everybody in some sort of danger or suspension, yeah. you know, and you can say, well, it was the, you know, major league said it was the 50th game of the year. Well, the 50th game might matter because you get suspended five games, you lose three out of those five, you miss the playoffs by a game. Do those games matter? Yeah. So, I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. like I said, in football, I mean, and they all have penalties and rules and stuff that helps a little bit. And ours does too. I mean, once it happens, they're going to warn yeah. you. Eject you've, seen, yeah, you've seen the ump talk a couple uh, Tennessee hitters down the line this year. <laughs> yeah, the, the umps are trying to keep it because they don't want it to get to that point. Right. You know, but, hey, they – it's not really a rule that you can't do it, but an umpire's like, hey, man, I know where this leads to. Just get a little pace to it. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I mean, they're, yeah. I think sometimes the pace is a little slow out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you earn it by hitting it over the fence. I was never able to do it. They, I didn't. <laughs> you know, you hit it, and I'm kind of like, oh, I hope that gets out, you know. <laughs> but these guys hit it a long ways. But I think, it, I think it's fine. I mean, everybody does it now. It's not Absolutely. a – you can see all these Twitter people argue about it and say, you're not out there, man. You don't know what they're <laughs> yeah. doing. You can say, you know, that school over there doesn't, they do everything the right way. They hustle. No, I'm sure they have a guy that'll walk two or three steps and then take off. So it's like, just enjoy it. You yeah. know, like I said, I don't, it's, it's sports. Have fun. It's yeah, sports. <laughs> gotta have fun. It's a baseball's a long season. Nine innings and three hours is a long time. You know, that's what me and uh, our sport admin were talking about today. Baseball movies seem to have that good balance of like comedy and seriousness. And it's kind of the true thing of baseball. You got to be able to laugh during a nine inning game. It's three hours. Right. Don't have the commercial breaks all the time like football to go take a breather or or basketball. You know, it's going to be two hours. You got to be able to keep it lighthearted at times. Absolutely. Um, I do have a baseball operation. I think it's a baseball operations question. I, you don't have to get specific. I just I think there's a lot of uh, unclear. And I even looked at the NCAA rulebook. How does the bait? How does the checking the bats process work? And like, if if a bat is pulled out of a game, do they check it again? Like, what is that whole ordeal? Yeah, I'm just curious because there's not a lot of clarity. No, there's and there hadn't been for us either. So we've done it Fair. every year I've been here. So seven years. Um. I've never seen a bat pulled out of a game until last week, us, and the week before that, Auburn. So in seven years, never seen a bat pulled out of a series, mid-series. Uh, the umpires aren't involved with it at all. Uh, there are only things to enforce it like they did if it happened. And we, and we were in the wrong. Um, you know, the, there wasn't a sticker on the bat, but it had a sticker from Wednesday night because it passed Wednesday. It had a sticker from Thursday because it passed Thursday. I test every bat we take. We have a bat bag, put them in there. You know, the, the, the reason they fall off sometimes is because of pine tar. You put it right there on the handle. There's pine tar. They're in a bag together. Um, but my first four years, I think, we had to test them, and you wrote it down, and you wrote pass or fail. And then, then you emailed those to the league office. The last three years, they took away the paperwork. Um so there's not a lot of – I think the umpires need to be more involved if you're going to say, hey, this is a big deal. So for softball, yes. um, 
for softball, they check them every after the game or before the game. They lean them up against the dugout. Umpires come out. All right, good, good, good. They have stickers on. Ours nothing unless you say, "Hey, I'd like you to check that bat." Until this week, uh, <laughs> because of Vanderbilt, or I shouldn't say that, but because of <laughs> the teams of the West, now we got a memo from the SEC that umpires can now check a bat at any time. Basically, like the pine tar rule for pitchers in Major League Baseball. So that when you're going to the plate, they can say, let me see the sticker. After you hit, they can pick up the bat, which is fine. At least they're involved. Yeah. Um, but there's no – no, they don't check it after. So all the stuff about Jordan Beck's bat being – or Mike Concho, his bat being <laughs> way under the number was just somebody making something up because we got the bat back Sunday. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll test it again. I mean, I'll test a bat every week. Because if it fails, you still get it back. If it fails before the series, you take it out of play for the weekend, but you get it back. So it could pass next week. It could fail next week. There's, it's, it's a fine line uh, at times. And then you can test it on one side and it fails and one side it passes. So, so, the, so that, that's the end of it, right? There's nothing else. with. There's the no repercussion. We're not okay. waiting on the NCAA to reprimand okay. anybody publicly. Um, if, if it was, if it was tested after it was removed, then it was taken out of the umpire's locker room and tested by the opponent without any of us there, gotcha. which I would find unfair because now you get news articles like we've all read on Twitter about, uh, how bad it failed. Well, the only people confirming that is one side of the argument and right. the guy's six, three, 230 pounds. <laughs> he doesn't need help. I mean, he yeah. hit one Tuesday well, 451 feet. He hit one Tuesday 451 <laughs> feet with, with a different bat. Yeah. Uh, you forget, Lindsey Nelson is a small park. So, yeah. You know, that, yeah, that 451. Williamsport. We, we measure 451 different in Knoxville. It's not it the does, same. In, it doesn't in, get in out in those stadiums. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it's the best part was he hit those doubles after the fact. Basically oh, won both games. But it, it, I've told Jordan this at times. I was like, man, it ain't the bat. You're just a good hitter. Like last year in <laughs> Hoover, he broke his bat during BP, and he had to use a different bat during the game. We're playing Mississippi State, and he had an opposite field home run with a bat he hadn't used all year. You know, and I'm like, he's just, it ain't the bat, man. You're he's not, good. Yeah, his bat's not projected first round. <laughs> no, no, it's not not the bat. So that's that's the thing too. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. but they get they get comfortable with certain things, uh, and I understand that. I mean, we're all creatures of habit. But like you said, you said you couldn't find the clear process. There's not a clear process <laughs> been going on. The best, the best testing we get is the SEC tournament in postseason because it's a third party. Uh, neither team's involved with it. Like in Omaha, I wasn't allowed in the room when they tested them. Okay. So, which it, you just feel better about it. You know, even if a couple of years fell, we had we had four yeah. fell, we had four fell in Houston. We hit fine there. So. Not a not a loaded bat thing. It's a, it's a talent thing. Yeah. Um, My thing is like we can't get a better process than a sticker. Yeah. Like we got Vanderbilt on the mound with a watch saying what pitch to throw, <laughs> and we we're still having stickers on bats. That's... Yeah, I mean that's what we've talked about it all week. Like how does it? How do you get it get it better? And is it do you just test the bats? But if if the home team they have more back, you know, in the locker room or whatever. The road team, you could say, hey, anything you bring out in this dugout has to be tested. 
but you can't really police that either. So it's, I just say don't test them. I mean, it's good for the game when people hit home runs anyways. And, and, and some coaches are, I'm, I'm sure you, you know, your former teammate had it. Some coaches are going to send them off to get tested after anyways. So yeah, man, and, before. <laughs> and I don't even know what that does. I mean, when you test it after the fact, but, and because of, because of the testing, the bats aren't as hot as they used to be and they don't get as hot as they used to be. So it's not really a, as much of a safety thing or, you know, saying this or that, um, the bats are pretty good. I mean, I've seen over the seven years, less and less fail every year because companies know if people are going to keep using our bat, it needs to pass this test. So it doesn't happen. Um, that's a compression test. We also do the ring test, which is, uh, you slide a ring basically just bigger than the barrel down the whole bat and it has to pass all the way through, which that keeps it from being dented or flat on one side. That one makes sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah, just interesting um, how that all kind of transpired. Well, it was interesting because on Twitter all week everybody was saying how Tennessee's cheating with loaded bats and then the first inning of Friday. And there's no penalty to say, hey, check that bat. If it would have had a sticker, that would we would have just moved on. Yeah, that, that was the reason why Vanderbilt had 11 hits in the series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of our loaded bats. Yeah. That was the loaded arms. Let's <laughs> check this week, I heard. Speaking of loaded arms, um, you, you're pretty good back in the day at, at Memphis. Um, congrats on the jersey retirement. Yeah. That was really Thank cool you. to see. Um, I had to get, you know, Knoxville to Memphis back to Nashville, right? Oh, yeah. We went down to Thursday to Nashville, watched the game Friday night from the dugout. Saturday morning, hopped in a car, drove to Memphis, did the ceremony, hopped back in a car, went to Nashville, and watched another victory. Oh, man. Who – who do we need to call to get you in a in a jet for those days? I had an offer. I mean, I know okay, all right, Nick Hurst right. out here tweeting wanting uh, Drew Gilbert celebration, I believe. <laughs> his uncle actually offered us the jet, and we had six people, and it only holds five. Oh, so we went ahead and drove. <laughs> Dang, that's you're, you're a better man than me. <laughs> but it was, it was cool. I mean, I got to see some teammates I hadn't seen in yeah. 10 or 11 years. Um, some of them came and didn't know they were coming, hadn't. Had probably talked to him in ten years. Uh, awesome. Not to, we just keep up on social media these days. You don't have yeah. to talk to everybody every day. You, <laughs> right. you know exactly what they're doing. So, but no, it it was fun. Had a good time, and uh, man, you never you don't dream of something like that happening. Did you, yeah, uh, did you throw it, a strike? I, I did I, throw I a strike. It, it might have been a little <laughs> little up in the zone. I throw from 35, 40 feet now for BP. I don't go to sixty feet. It's a long ways. <laughs> I turned around after I got to the rubber and I was like, that is a long ways. Right, so you threw it better than 50 cent. Yes. <laughs> the catcher caught it. Yeah, that's yeah. all that matters, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so facing a guy like Ben Joyce, what would be your approach? Pray. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen 100. I don't know. I haven't seen. I mean, there's 104.5 is the highest I've seen from him in a game. Nice. Which doesn't the highest ever, I think, is 105.1. And, I mean, what a great kid, man. He He's earned earned and deserves all of it. That's yeah. the best part about it. Uh, but it's unbelievable. I mean, he's sitting there, it's 100, 100, 100, 100. I mean, you've you've had season tickets, been going to games. I've never seen that number on that board. 
nope. especially that many times. <laughs> I mean, the first time I ever saw it was the old scoreboard 2005 regional, Wichita State was playing and Mike Pelfrey was pitching. And they would only had two slots for numbers. And he throws a fastball <laughs> and it says zero, zero. And I was like, that must mean 100 because it's <laughs> yeah. on flames. But, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you don't. I mean, we knew he threw hard, but that's harder than hard. So, what do you do about an eighty-two mile an hour slaughter <laughs> that he's throwing to? And now that he's throwing it over the plate, I mean, he was. That's what Frank's been working with him on. Because if he can just get it over the plate for a strike, you don't really. It's hard to say you have much of a chance because mm-hmm. you're gearing up, you know, for the hundred plus, and then yeah. you throw something else for a strike. Uh, it's hard to know. I mean, you see see these guys trying to hit 96 and 85 yeah uh, from the other guys i don't know and it, it's not like there's a lot of effort in what he's doing it's not like he, he muscles up and everything's flying at you it's pretty smooth in it which mm-hmm. is kind of scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if somebody were to hit one of our guys we'll just bring in ben joyce yeah. to, to get him off the plate a little bit <laughs> exactly we're just gonna go straight to the guy yeah. that has the strongest arm in the country right and let you think about that one yeah i don't know if you could pay me to step into that batter's box that's no it's not worth it <laughs> no i mean he's you would rather him i'm sure these people are glad he does have pretty good control you know because a lot of a lot of hard throwers don't but like you said i mean You've seen his innings start to tick up because it's the Frank Anderson, Tony Vitality. I mean, you got to throw it over the plate. It doesn't matter if you throw hard or slow. If you got to throw it over the plate to get people out, that's where it starts. So. Um, well, speaking of the you know, Ben Joyce and some other, we asked Cody, your former teammate, now doing some ESPN color stuff for you guys. Have you ever seen a pitching staff just this loaded? And and now you finally are out and did well. Hopefully, get Howerson back soon. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, I don't – I've seen some good arms over here at times. I mean, obviously, the Luke Hochaver, James Atkins is a pretty good combo. Mm-hmm. But you kind of get to combo, and you now you're at trio. And then you're – oh, now Tidwell's healthy. And, you know, you got 37-year-old Redmond Walsh in the bullpen. <laughs> I mean, he just gets people out. You know, you got Kirby. He just gets people out. They know what they're trying to do. Uh Man, I mean, from where we were last year with people that Hunley got people out, Dallas got people out, and you're like, oh, we're going to miss those guys. And, yeah, and you still do, uh, especially the personalities. But now it's like, you know, they look at these arms. You know, it's kind of special because you didn't know what you had. You had two freshmen and a transfer. We knew they were talented. But the results have kind of gone even past the talent level. Yeah. Who are some other guys that, uh, you know, have really taken a, a form this season that, you know, maybe didn't have too much of an impact last year? Every, everywhere on the infield except <laughs> Luke, pretty much. I mean, Trey Lipscomb and Cortland Lawson, guys like that, you, you really root for because they've been here two, three, four years and just worked. Just worked. Didn't, how am I not getting my chance? You know, when they got their chance last year, they did well. But hey, there's a you know all SEC guy in front of me, yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm not competing with him and hope to beat him out, but I'm gonna be ready when my time comes. And I, I don't think you can get better than those two guys right there. Uh, you know, I both very talented, but at the same time, you see them grow over the years. And I mean, Trey Strong is an ox now. Uh, 
that's what everybody's tweeting about his home run at Ole Miss. There's no way that goes out. We should see how strong that guy is. And the wind was blowing out. So that's part of it too. Yeah. But I mean, him and Cortland work so hard and to see them succeed and, you know, a guy like, obviously we knew what Evan Russell could do, but just, Hey, I'm going to go catch this year. And, you know, that's been key for us. Uh, in a big way. And then other guys, you know, like Seth Stevenson came in as an infielder playing in left field, you know, just get me in the lineup. How do I get in the lineup? You know, you put Blake Burke in, he's a freshman, got to get some at bat somewhere and crushes it when he's in there. Jared Dickey. I mean, the guy lost 70 pounds. Oh, uh, he's unrecognizable from last fall. Yeah. Uh, and coach Elander said he's the best hitter in the state when he saw him in high school. And then when he, Got here, it's like, yeah, he can hit, but he can't really run. Where's he going to play? Now he's a good outfielder, backup catcher, and he can really hit still. And, and he's the happiest kid I've ever seen. He smiles every day <laughs> when you pass the guy, and he kind of just – I asked him, I said, what do you – I said, are you reading books or <laughs> yoga? What's your mentality? Because, I mean, I said, I need some help, man. And he <laughs> said, I've been reading. He, he said, I got a book for you, and he gave me a book. <laughs> and I'm like – Hey man, I appreciate it. Cause I mean, he's just, he's that happy every day. And that's why it was cool the other day when his sister threw out the first pitch. Cause yeah. that kid like that, he hadn't seen her in two years and his mom had been emailing me trying to work something out. And, you know, just you, you root for, I mean, I root for the whole team, but you root for certain guys that you get a bond with that busted behind the scenes. You know, it, it's easy to be friends with the superstar. Right. Uh, or try to be nice to that guy and, <laughs> you know, the Jordan Becks and Drew Gilberts of the world. But you get a very good appreciation for the guys that spend some time. Hey, it's not comfortable. If you're here, you never sat on the bench before. Uh, but to sit on the bench, scenes, and then when your time comes to perform, that's the ones that you can, you know, really get behind. Yeah. That was an awesome moment when he got that hit in the ninth with all his family. In the oh, stadium. yeah, that was, that was great. I said, I'm just glad you got in there, man. Got a hit. I said, didn't look great running. He said, I, I didn't. I said, no, your foot. He said, I felt like it was worse Saturday. I said, I don't know, man. That looked pretty bad. Said, but you got a knock. And they're, they're coming this weekend again. And I think, he'll you know, he'll be in there some more. So, it's a good thing. Um. Caleb, you got any more? I got, I got one last question, but uh, I'll let Caleb go if he wants to ask one more. I, I, we I do have some from your buddies. Do you want us to read some of these? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to read them. There ain't no. I got a text <laughs> Booker that says he needs a new walk up song. I got. <laughs> there you I, go. I got tweets. Jarrell Ortega the has the best walkout song out of everybody. Jarrell's the man. <laughs> it's not Jarrell though. He's not from Puerto Rico. It's Joey from Tampa. Joey from Tampa. I like that. That's what I, I do like that. Uh, I, I mean, I, we have been talking to uh, Adam Massey, and, and I have been uh, instructed to recruit you for some old man basketball on some Sundays when we get going. So I'm it's not baseball related, but we got to get you there. Tell him I'm in. <laughs> Ross Kivett did it. ask if he played good defense in Knoxville Church League hoops. Kivett played great defense because he couldn't play <laughs> offense. You got to bring something to the table. I mean, we're, we're probably the only team in uh, Dean Hill history that the game got called early because of too many technical fouls. <laughs> and then How the many did year, have? He didn't have any, actually. He told the oh, other team – they had a little crazy guy on the other team, and the guy was yelling at Nick Hurst, and he said, come on, man. He goes, he goes Nick's, Nick's dad's a youth pastor. 
And, <laughs> and the guy said, well, I go to church too. What does that mean? So we had a, <laughs> and then we lost to that same team the next year and they hadn't won a game in four years. So oh, we were, we retired after that. So that, that was Kivitz. That was Kivitz fault, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a defensive. He wore six because of Baker Mayfield and the guy didn't even play for his team anymore. <laughs> oh, is that why he actually left Knoxville after the, the loss? He just couldn't, couldn't bear it anymore. Yeah. He had to go. <laughs> Like what what about a uh, fresh start? Would you get mad if a blind man beat you in checkers? Of course I would. <laughs> the guy can't see, and I lost in checkers. So that's no, a real we story. Were, I was going to say, that sounds like a true story. <laughs> it was. We were at Cody's house in, in high school, and we were playing poker. I'm pretty sure it was poker. And Matt Roberts won the hand. I thought he did. And I was like, wait a minute. No, I got this. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Chad won. He goes, man, you're, you're crazy. He goes, you'd be mad if you lost to a blind man in checkers. And I was like, of course I would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Cody hasn't, Cody never tweets. He's tweeted twice in the last week. And one was about that. And one was about, they retired my jersey at Memphis because it was too small for anybody else. Cause they had to shrink. <laughs> yeah. My, this guy those never two, tweets. Now he's it, coming it, it's only Wordle. It's all Wordle. Yeah, <laughs> and now he's coming at me. He might have a better batting average than you now with those two. Yeah, golly, he he picks and chooses well. Oh, I don't I don't know what Gilbert's celebration means. He says it means nothing. He says it's just something they came up with, and and pretty much everyone's doing it, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody's doing everybody's. it. Everybody except Luke. Luke just rubs his belly. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I, I that's, just, an old, that's an old man move. You. You gave Redmond yeah. the the thirty seven year old. Luke's got to be at least thirty five then. <laughs> yeah, they're they're right there together. With John Fulgerson, I, I did also like uh, Evan Russell's twerk that he did against Florida last yeah, year. Yeah, that was, that's that one, one of the best things. I thought he was hurt. I thought he was dying. <laughs> yeah. I thought he had a bad back. <laughs> there was something else. Uh, somebody take. Oh, did y'all see the Evan Russell Weigels deal? Yeah, we oh, did. Lot, we talked about that. And I said, what do you get free? And he said, gas. And I was like, well, that's huge. He's like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was, I mean, that's a huge I'm deal. Gonna, right I was going to say, that might be the best NIL deal in, in college history. Yeah. He said he's got some more commercials coming out that are, should be pretty good. The the stick, I'm glad they waited until after the Vanderbilt series to film that because the sticker was was good. Oh, that was awesome. Hey, I, was, I don't know if it's just because you're on the show, but y'all did get another commitment during this did we? interview. Did so. Oh, that's Andrew, awesome! Breaking, breaking the news. Yeah, breaking, breaking news. the news. Hey, <laughs> yeah, breaking news. I'm in for yeah. it. Love that's that. good. Things things keep going well. Who do y'all got yeah. in the Masters? I got my cup. I, man, yeah, I'm wearing my jacket, and I was outside. <laughs> it's not a warm jacket, but <laughs> yeah, you got to wrap um, it one week a year. To. Have to, um, man. I, I so are you, are you in that fantasy like on masters.com? Do you do that? No, stuff? I had to take Tiger in my tier one, I just had to. Yeah, man, it's just awesome. He's out there and he goes one under, I, hadn't, hadn't played any over a year. No big deal. He's just like, uh, there's a couple. Oh, he is, he's so good. I uh, he's just he's different on in Augusta, too. It just tells you he's though, in, like, if he would have never had any injuries, he would have set numbers that nobody would ever touch. Is that dominant? Oh gosh, and the the crowds are all. That's my favorite part about it. Speaking of like how fun sports are and all, the crowds following him at practice rounds, and then today, yeah. um, 
uh, what's his name, hit that, he hold out in Tiger's group. And I was like, that yeah. roar had to just be insane. And it wasn't even about yeah. Tiger, but there's that many no. people there. They're good golf people. Yeah, I think Tiger, uh, one of our managers texted me last night. He said, I think I'm going to take Cam Smith. And then the guy's running away with it, and he doubles 18. Oh my God. He, d- he doubled one and 18, right? And then and you, and you're still four under. You could just don't mess up. Just don't mess up that bad. I picked uh, Dustin Johnson. I don't watch a lot of golf, um, but I picked Dustin. I put money that, on Dustin. That's a solid pick, though. I mean, the guy's as talented as anybody in the world. Yeah, I uh, I bet I bet on I bet on Tiger when the plane landed for his 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 practice rounds. I'm like, I know yeah. he's playing. He doesn't fly to Augusta for no reason. No, he's not going to practice and say, I don't think I can do this. I'm going to have to carry him off of it if he's not finishing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wish Ricky Fowler would get it back together. That's it. I was talking to Jonathan about that today. Man, poor Ricky. Which, as I soon know. as I started cheering for him, was when he really tanked. Exactly. Like, started like He was like top five in every major every year. And then he got married and it just went. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is that it? Spieth had a baby and he struggled today. I know, man. It's, it's something about it. You lose time on the course. That's right. You don't practice. Caleb, are you next? I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know. What, not with a baby. I didn't know what you were looking Oh, to. no, no. I'm talking about I, getting married. So I don't have enough. You're the only one that's not married, so your golf game is going to get even worse. Yeah, My no. golf game is bad enough. It can't, it can't <laughs> get much worse. It can't get much worse. I haven't played golf in a month and a half, rolling out there Sunday. We'll see how it goes, boys. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um, Chad, I just got one more question for you. Did you right. know you are the Stan Lee of Tennessee baseball? Every legendary photo we have, you are right in the middle of it. <laughs> Joe, do you have those photos? I think Joe's still in here, maybe. My wife yeah, there just, we go. My wife just texted me and said, Wives make everything better. Or make life. <laughs> yeah. She's listening. Yeah, there's two. Yeah. There we go. Yep, there you are in the back. Yeah, that was Every when Logan Johnson texted me and said I had the 3XL sweats on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cold out here. Y'all playing. We're not going to get good weather tonight either. And I text Landon. We'll, we'll both be there Saturday night. And I said, uh, first home run, shirts are coming off. And he agreed. We didn't know it'd be 30 degrees. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's April. Well, I expect the shirts off then on that first home run. I'll be looking for you. Look, Caleb said it. If somebody if somebody hits one, like no, Jack be, did the other it's night, gotta, it's got to be Mike Honcho. Yeah, if he hits one the other night, we're shaving his mustache in the stands. No, okay. shaving the beard, keeping the mustache, shaving the beard. The oh, stands. shaving the beard. That's gonna take well, they, a while. Well, they let me in with a razor. Is that? I don't know. I, I, I'll put they one in the locker room. I'll bring it out. Yeah, I'll, uh, it. I don't I'll, hold, I'll hold it for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's put awesome. it in one of those bags. As long as you have a bag that's not that's you can see through, they don't care. Yeah, as long as it's clear, we're good. Yeah, dad brings an apple or something like all the time. <laughs> like, well, it's in a clear bag, can't say anything yeah. about it. Right? Oh, those pictures are great. It, it looks like I'm searching for the camera. That's yeah. it's always on you. Yeah, what did you uh, what did you do on the because I know uh, Vitello's got that the great ran to the stands, tried to claw through the, the net. Yeah. Did, what, what did you do on the, the Gilbert Grand I was sitting back in the video room. Um, I, I watched most of the game from back there and just come out to do the lineup changes. Uh, dugout stressful. I'm past <laughs> that. But <clears throat> I was actually, me and McCann were sitting there, and I was like, McCann, if we don't win this one, I don't think we win at noon tomorrow. 
just because <clears throat> the game had been so intense the whole time. Losers yeah. got to turn around and play Duke. Uh, just didn't feel right. And I was, I was, I was planning summer vacation. I was like, I think I want to go, <laughs> go to the in-laws at the lake Saturday. If we do lose, <laughs> you know, get away for two or three days, uh, being crushed, you know? Yes, and then he, he comes up bases loaded. And I said, McCann, this would be a great time for Gilbert to hit his first home run since Nam. Cause he hadn't hit one since LSU, which was in March at that point. And I said, that'd be a good time. And the, and the guy hung the curveball and he hit it. So I just sprinted out of the video room. It's right behind uh, the dugout. So I sprinted out. As uh, soon as I get out of the dugout, there's liquid, I assume beer, maybe water, hitting me <laughs> from the people standing on top of the dugout. <laughs> they were celebrating. Uh, just started, and I'm just kind of amazement at that point. You know, watch. I, I made it out of the dugout, made it from the video room to the dugout before Gilbert made it to first base, though, so. because uh, he took his time on that one. But that one's well earned. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You, you had to watch your head, not only for beer, but a bat. Bat, helmet. And a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I mean, people still ask about it, you know, this year. Like, we were in Oxford and this 12, 13 year old kid asked me, he's like, what'd you do? What'd you think about that Drew Gilbert walk off Grand Slam? That's pretty crazy. Like it's, well, I mean, they said it had been done in major league history like a handful of times to, to hit a grand slam down by three um, in the bottom of the ninth. So it's, it's rare to even have that opportunity. So it's, it's I, I love that Pat, Pat was on the 11.7 podcast and he was like, you, you dream about doing that as a kid? He's like, I didn't know what to do when it happened because you never think about what do you do when you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you have no idea what to do. Yeah, yeah, you dream about you doing it, but not, you know, 5,000 people being there and you're part of it or watching it happen. I mean, like you said, you saw Tony as soon as he hit a takeoff run and you see Luke in the background throw his hands up. Um, I think that was that might have been the best part is every time you see the video, you see the reactions of everybody and how, how special it was. And, and to see, I mean, like I said, if you lose that game, you may not get out of the regional – and then it was like a blur. It's like win-win, super regional, win-win. You're in Omaha. And it's like, I remember the walk-off home run. I don't remember the next two weeks until you land in Omaha. Yeah. It was that that quick and and that good. So, I mean, I was just glad the first LSU game was a little nerve-wracking. The second one, I was like, let me just blow them out. I just can't. I can't <laughs> take this. I can't take a game three. And – just came out on fire. Yeah. You and Frank Anderson. Are, you and Frank yeah. Anderson can call your shots then. <laughs> yeah. Just bring that energy to it. Exactly. I mean, man, it's, it's, it was it was fun. That's the main thing, you know. I mean, like I said, like I said at, in my job, in my role, it's to see the – I don't want to call them kids, but see the guys succeed. Uh, that's the main thing, you know, and watching more guys get drafted now and – coming back to town, you know, Ferguson, Liam, they all worked out here in the winter, Pav, Crochet came back for a little bit. So it's 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 cool to see those guys and have those relationships. Absolutely. Well man, it was it was really good seeing you again. We'll see you this weekend. Um, you know, hopefully we don't have the the worrying like we did against Rock State. <laughs> but um yeah hopefully come out here on fire and um don't don't plan any summer plans until uh <laughs> 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait this one out. I'll, <laughs> I'll bring I'll bring the razor and the charger for that Mike Concho bomb. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. We're planning that. All right, y'all have a good one. All right, All right. appreciate you too, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, love it. Shout out to Chad for hopping on kind of last minute. Um, love, love. Friend of the pod. Friend um, of the pod. We got a lot. Been, we got uh, the, that baseball program has been good to us. They have. And we appreciate them for many reasons um, being good to us. And then talking about the Drew Gilbert moment, that's just one of those as a Tennessee fan. It, you know, it's kind of – it kind of – I'm going to try to frame this the right way. It kind of sucks because you want so many more of those moments. So it's like you don't want to dwell on that, but you're not going to get a moment like that ever again. Like that's just that's how it is. Well, it's crazy. Down three, bottom of the ninth. Every time he comes up to bat, somebody wants a bomb. But dude, he's he's <laughs> one of the best hitters in this league, and he's he has what three home runs on the year? Yeah, I yeah. mean that he's a certified dude, and he's going to get paid after the end of this year for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I mean Tennessee, obviously doesn't dwell on it, the team. Um, the fans don't dwell on it. But it's one of those moments you're going to – I need to get that uh, picture frame that he talked about, that one from the third base line looking back towards the dugout with Luke's hands raised. You, the ball's probably still in the frame, like in the top left corner, because mm -hmm. the moment it was hit, everybody knew. <laughs> it wasn't – it didn't take – it wasn't a guy running back to the warning track. I think the right fielder just turned around. I don't think he moved. Um, didn't take a step towards the wall. So it was just a – no, nah, I mean – yeah, it's uh, imagine it's being weird. like I, I think one reaction you get to see is Liam Spence and he's on base. Imagine like seeing that and then like get your mind right that hey, I have to touch these bases. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and you you know those I can't I can't remember how many outs there were, but you you know Gilbert's probably going to get a bat to the ball. You're probably thinking I'm I've got to go because we got to get as many runs in if he can if he can get this one in a gap. And so you're ready to take off. <laughs> and then all oh, of a yeah, sudden you sure. get to walk yourself around those bases. 100%. It's yeah. uh, not Brent, Brent just uh, got in here and said uh, that was a truly awesome interview. Appreciate you listening. Um, no, thank you. To yeah. shout, chat again. Um, yeah. Zerk's that, a good guy. Great dude. Great guy. And then he's been a – he's kind of had an interesting or like a cool perspective of the baseball program too, being here when Serrano. Mm -hmm. um, he mentioned it. And I, and, I, and I don't – you know, I think it's – it's funny when you look at coaches, like you kind of give them the pass or fail. I think especially with guys like Serrano, who are obviously good coaches. They've been successful other places. He coached for Team USA. It just sometimes it's just not the right fit. Tommy's not right, whatever it may be. And so I think it, and he, you know, Chad said that. And so I think it's, it's sometimes it's hard to give coaches a, you know, pass or fail grades. It is hard to judge. There obviously were, there was some talent on this roster. Um, when Vitello got it, did I have to add a lot of depth? have to change Tennessee's approach to recruiting a little bit. Um, but that's also kind of on the state of the Tennessee baseball program in the terms of what the athletic department did too. And, and Vitello has been able to kind of go and, and get everyone bought in, uh, fans, AD, everybody. And he's gotten a first seat to that and been a part of it. And so it's cool perspective, hometown kid. Um, and then we obviously talked about his, his he's in the Memphis Hall of Fame as well. Um, with the, the Jersey retirement too. I, I don't have it up. I had it up at the house uh, before I had to go to Starbucks. I think in 2011, he batted 403. Yeah. I think I he think. led the nation in, in batting average. I mean, that's, that's 403 is borderline video game. numbers. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> insane. Um, 
Yeah, I, you, you were talking about Vitello just getting everybody to buy in. I think that's the probably one of the biggest parts in, in all of this is like his attitude, his you know, just the way he he talks. Like even at a press conference, you're like, dude, I want to run through a wall for this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he kind of you know got the troops together, got this fan base bought in a, a lot more than maybe any other coach would have. Because I mean, this program wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't great when he took over. Um, well, so the he, fact that he was, you know, it's taken this long to get it to where it is now. Right. Um, I mean, it, it just, it, it's incredible the way he's kind of turned this thing around and done it gradually, like so quickly you've gotten to this point. And it feels like a long time, but like you've gotten a lot better each and every season. Yeah. And, and just to kind of compare it to, teams and programs that Tennessee's seen. He, he's done it very organically. Nothing against Chris Pearl. Is there a lumberyard behind you? <laughs> no, that's Starbucks, brother. Um, <laughs> you're probably seeing – oh, yeah, they got a little – they got a nice little wood thing. Probably their garbage. Oh, okay, head. okay. Um, but he's done it very organically. And I think Bruce Pearl was, you know, genuinely who he was. But he kind of went – you know, he went out before he was really winning and tried to get people to buy in. Vitello's just been like, I am who I am. We're going to win ball games. They've won and people have – jumped on and he's invited people on the bandwagon. Yeah. So it's been very organic and fun. It's not been fake like Butch Jones, you know, weird catchphrases. Like the Mike Honcho thing, he probably when he said that, he ne- the thought never crossed his mind that shirts are going to be printed on Monday <laughs> with that name on it. Yeah. And so it's just been it's a guy that is truly and that's why I wanted to ask cuz it I mean maybe it's just my perspective. Um, I know a lot of you know a lot of people, and even some Tennessee fans don't necessarily like the attitude of this team. But it's who they are. They, you know, nobody looks sad to come out of the dugout and put the daddy hat on. Like no one's like, here you go. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know. I don't know who's doing it this year. Kirby last year ran out there to throw it on somebody, whoever hit the home run, and um, so it all, it all just kind of come. You know, you have Luke Lipsius, who, not that he's the quietest dude, but he's probably one of the last guys you think's going to grab the bat and check the sticker after a home run. And it's just, you know, it's the emotion of the moment and Tony lets that stuff ride and it makes it fun. And you get to see um, the personalities of this, these guys. And, and I think that's one thing, you know, we talk about how baseball is just really behind the times. MLB, you don't get to see the personalities of a lot of guys. You don't yeah. get to know them when they're playing the sport. You might hear them in interviews or, you know, whatever they're doing, but you don't really get to see the personalities of them. You, you know the personalities of this team. And now we really do, because shout out to Chad. We, we learned a lot about these guys tonight. It was a lot of fun um, just kind of hearing the perspective of day in, day out, what these what these dudes are doing. It just got me more fired up for this weekend. I'm, I'm pumped. Oh, gosh, dude. Not I, going I tomorrow, but uh, really gonna Saturday, Sunday, face. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I wasn't really going to shave my face, but now if he does, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. Oh, yeah, we're definitely doing it. Oh, great. Um, if, uh, if I didn't do it, so I got to. Yeah. Let's uh let's start kind of wrapping this thing up. Um, again, a, a big weekend on campus this weekend. Hopefully, you're able to get there and um and be a part of it. Um, you know the the boys are going to be fired up. Tony Vitello's alma mater coming to town. Seth Halverson, you got a former player from Missouri last year, so. You know, I'm sure there's a lot to play for. And, and Missouri is a, kind of a weird baseball team. You know, I think they played Arkansas pretty well, got whooped up on by Vanderbilt, but, uh, you know, won the series against South Carolina last last week. 
Um, there's nothing they do just is going to jump off the page at you. But, you know, Vitello kind of talked about it. They got yeah. guys that can run. They got some guys that can – I think they've got two guys with six home runs apiece. Um, they got a leadoff guy who's pretty good. So, um, you know, steal some bases, you know, bunt and, and things like that. They're going to do a little bit of everything. And, you know, the way Tennessee's pitching, I'm just – I'm not worried. No, and that's another thing. You're really going to have to take advantage of Tennessee's few mistakes that they make. Um, and I don't know if Missouri has the firepower to do that. So even if those mistakes come, which they didn't come very often last weekend against a really top, you know, really, really good opponent. We talked about that. Vanderbilt's good. Um, can't take away from that. And I don't, you know, people want to trash them. I, I want to beat the best Vanderbilt team. I don't want to beat a crappy Vanderbilt team. So I'll give them the credit. Um, Tennessee took it to them. And, and like you said, it's, it's Vitello's alma mater. Um, I think they're going to be, you know, have that little fire under them for, for coach. And, uh, and then you talked about Tennessee. Are they, are they going to enjoy being the hunted? They seem to kind of enjoy it at Vanderbilt. And I know that's e- kind of easy too when it's your, your in-state opponent. They seem to enjoy it. Maybe took a minute, but enjoyed it a little bit against Lipscomb too. Um, once they kind of got kicked into gear. And so you, you really find out this weekend, but they, they seem to enjoy it so far. Yep. Um, any stupidities? Yeah, I've got one. Let me see. Sorry if I go away on camera here. I've, I've got to read out his name. And I, you know, I'm going to, it's a reply to a Wes Rucker tweet. It's not a Wes Rucker tweet. Shout out, Wes. Did I screenshot it? Um, so, did you see the Hendon Hooker quote? How he said he wants to be in, in, uh, in the facility eight hours a day is his goal and keep other people around. Did you see that? Yeah, full time job. Um, Bob Mulkey. At Go Mox, that's unfortunate because I'm, I'm a big, if you can see my camera, power seat guy. Um, he said, what about classes with four question marks? And I just love that. It's just like the most old man thing ever. What about the kids? <laughs> what about classes? First off, let's do the math. You've gone to college, Landon. Mm-hmm. You, you played football uh, in yeah. college. So you go to class for, you know, maybe four hours a day, maybe you're at football for two hours already. I'm not good at math. That's six hours. That leaves 18 hours in the day. Yeah. I, I think you can throw in six more if you wanted to first off, second off, he's a graduate student. He's not going to class for four hours a day. He's probably all online. Like Joe Burrow, who only stepped on campus to play football. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just, and if you're a Tennessee fan, who gives a shit? <laughs> Right. Yeah, he's going to the league next I don't know. year. Why does he care? It's just – it's the dumbest thing ever. I'm like, what about the classes? What about – What about man? the Kansas players that haven't been to class in a month? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just what, – what delusional world do some old, like, like seven – I mean, maybe 50-year-old still, white dudes, like where they think these guys are actual students – yeah, I don't. I mean, there's plenty of time to go to class, and and like we're doing this show right now, it's virtual. You think they don't have like uh, charging stations or anywhere where you can do <laughs> classes in, in the facility? Um, I mean, they eat. They you could probably sleep in there. They get their hair cut. I mean, there's a that's, ton of stuff you can do. That's in another great point. Facility, so now they literally can do their entire lives at the facility. So that's a, right. that's an even better point. There, that's another two hours. They're probably in there not doing football related stuff. Right. 
So, uh, the, the, what about the, the look of that? The the video that they showed about the the locker room upgrades. Why the hell would you want to go back to your apartment? Dude, that's why I'm like that. See, and which is probably good. You know, not that not that all you know 120 dudes on that roster are looking to get in trouble, but you know, you got some guys that maybe need to stay away from certain people or certain places and give them a facility they want to be proud. They're proud of and want to be a part of. And maybe you keep the handful of guys that maybe would find trouble, keep them out of trouble. It's just good for your program. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and they've got Joseph, study and they've got study hall and stuff too. Like it's all good guys. Yeah. I do want to mention this real good. quick football wise. Jalen Hyatt puts on 20 pounds. That's insane to me. I, I give, I give you full credit for that. Sorry, Jalen. <laughs> you get partial. Yeah, I told him. <laughs> and he said he wants to get to 190. I mean, it's just going to help him a ton in this this league where you have safeties that are – I mean, the, the kid from Notre Dame, Hamilton, is that his – Kyle Hamilton? Is that right? That doesn't sound right. You got me. Anyway, he's like 6'4". That sounds like, like, a, that sounds like a Cubs player, so – yeah, he's like six four two twenty five. Notre Dame wide receiver. Yeah, that's that's insane. Like you have a Cedric Tillman basically playing safety. Like if somebody's one sixty, they're not blocking him. I don't care who you yeah. are. Um. So yeah, him getting that that weight up and be able to to maintain that speed that he has is just going to make him so much better. Because at one sixty, like you're not breaking no tackles either. Absolutely. When your Absolutely. legs look like this pin right here, like you're not breaking any tackles. <laughs> Um, so yeah, good for him. I mean, I'm super excited to see his development this season. I mean, he kind of mentioned in his press conference that he was complacent. So, um, and last season because he had a really good freshman year and, you know, didn't think he had to to work as hard, but you know, when you you have four true freshmen that are getting that praise, um, it's, it's going to either make you hit the road or it's going to kick you in the butt and make you work even harder so that, that's what it seems to be doing for Jalen Hyatt um so super excited for him another guy that's getting a lot of praise you know I mentioned the the freshman wide receivers is Squirrel White I think four yep. out of the five people that spoke at the press conference mentioned Squirrel White so um boy fast uh, fa- yeah it's, uh, I think Hendon Hooker said he had jet packs on his feet so maybe we can hit the deep ball there <laughs> yeah Hard to overthrow a guy with jetpack. Yeah, let, let Joe throw it 80 yards <laughs> and see if Squirrel White can run underneath it. Oh, man. Sorry. That was a – sorry to catch that stray. Tennessee quarterbacks, I apologize. Yeah. Um, shout out for shout out for the for everybody that stayed in here while I ran to Starbucks and did all all the crap. Dude, my that's awesome. I'm sorry. I gr- I, 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 I agree. Um, your I video looks 10 times better than it did at your house. It's good. I hope the wind wasn't too bad when I was outside. Um, I did like the I people, people coming by the window. <laughs> Dude, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Dude, if one of would have dropped on your window, I would have had to, like, shut this laptop down. Uh, we would have brought them on the show, dude. I was like, what do you, what do you think about Tennessee baseball? Uh, would you let them no, shake your beard? Exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. And, no, it's it was a fun show, though, getting chat on and – I wanted to be a part of that, of course. Um, and hey, listen, I'll go anywhere and everywhere for more important issues. Don't you forget that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then two people called me and wiped my sound out. Somehow that messed it up. Don't know. 
Heck yeah. But Specs is what it is. Or T Mobile. Now I'm on T Mobile. Yeah. Um All right, I'm I'm getting the I'm getting the come here, so yeah, and I'm not at home. <laughs> I don't have any stupidities other than Vanderbilt um getting mad that a Tennessee fan sang the national anthem at their baseball game. So that's all I got. Wait, that's real? Yeah, so uh he said shout out Vandy for having me out to sing the national anthem, but it's still go damn balls. It's Graylon James. I guess he's an upcoming artist in Nashville. So Hey, probably well, I mean, who, like, who's I know one Vanderbilt fan. I don't even think Jay Keller's a Vanderbilt fan. Nate Bargatze is. And he's not even proud of it. He just does it because he has always been. Yeah. They're a different breed, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why he's like, why would why are you mad at him? Because he won. It sounds like Vanderbilt fans hate the troops. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. What it sounds like. Guys, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Um, it is a little bit longer than usual, but great episode. And uh, hopefully you see us this weekend. If you see us come up to us, we'd love to – To I'll have Caleb sign an autograph. <laughs> Could you imagine? You, for so many reasons, you don't want my autograph. For yeah. so many reasons. One, it one, like I, I, I would have to pay you, and I don't have that kind of money. And number two, it, it, you couldn't read it. Right. My handwriting's that bad. So yeah. there's a lot of reasons you would never want that autograph. Uh, I'm going to constantly yell at Evan Russell and see if he can get me free gas at Waggles <laughs> this weekend. Um, guys, thanks again for listening. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.